brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Hello, hello. It is solo episode time and it's been a while because I have made an effort to have a consistent lineup of some really incredible guests. I hope you loved who I've had on, especially last week with Chandresh, who is amazing. If you have not listened to that episode, I highly encourage you to go back, listen to last week's episode. Holy moly, so good, so deep. But the reason why I haven't done a solo episode in a while now, well, there's a two there's two things here. One is I'm traveling like a madman, traveling like a mad woman, traveling like a mad person. And um, it's taken up a lot of my time and energy and focus. Like where do we stay? What Airbnb are we going to have? Do we have our flights? How is Ollie going to get the things that he needs? Where is the nearest park? Where do we get our groceries? What if we need a doctor? Like all those things that happens when you travel. There has been a lot of time and attention being focused towards this digital nomadic lifestyle that I have started doing again. Um, That's on one side and on the other side is I have been diving into a project that I have been doing with my soul sister Nadia Munla who has been on the podcast if you are not familiar with her listen to that episode it was a while ago but me and Nadia recently have been watching each other's Instagrams and following each other's stories and I would say a few months ago she was like I have a feeling we need to collaborate but in the meantime let's hang out and so she came to California when I was visiting there and our first Our very first meetup to see each other in person was at a Korean spa, so we're like butt naked. Our second time to hang out was at an intimacy intensive, so if you have ever been to anything like that before, you know that there's a lot of vulnerability and heart opening and screaming and shouting and getting into your sensuality, and it's just really deep and intense. And from there, we have been really reflecting within each other bigger messages and teachings and learnings and growing together but we also realized very quickly that we wanted to 
create a series together. And initially this has been Nadia's idea and she proposed it to me as something we could both do together. And over the past month we've been working on it behind the scenes. So I'm not going to be going into it in full detail today in this podcast episode, but I will give you a sneak peek. So we are soon going to be launching an interview series with men where we are going to be diving deep and interviewing men about what it means to be embodied as men. What does it look like to embody the masculine men? What do you do? What are you not doing? Why do we need more men to be embodying themselves to help with the current climate right now? given Me Too and the recent trials and consent and also keeping polarity alive. So we're going to be diving into why a lack of male embodiment is leading to rape culture. We're going to be talking about how to make consent sexy. We're going to be talking about um, polarity and communication and nonviolent communication and nonverbal communication and really big topics like those topics that sometimes are taboo we're going to be going into controversial areas it's exciting it's scary it's big um, and it's something that I definitely I de- I've definitely been out of my comfort zone it's one of the first things in a while that has taken me way out of my comfort zone but in the most delicious exciting um impactful way because this to me is more than just a conversation this has the potential to change lives and we are hand picking these men that we're speaking with and we're trying to be very diverse and who we talk to and get multiple uh, outlooks and we want to be controversial and that's both scary and exciting so just wanted to drop that there so you know what in the world is going on over here as I've been doing these travels because I haven't been keeping up with all the different nuances of my daily life and so I felt that that would be important to share so keep your eye out for that Um, very soon we will be sharing that and you can sign up for that interview series Um, okay and so now I am currently in New York which has been a whirlwind the best way I can describe this city is that it is one at least for me of extremes one day I'm like this city is amazing I love it and then the next I'm like this sucks so I never really know I never really know how I'm gonna wake up um one thing I also noticed is that while in LA I was very light and inspired and spiritually in touch and airy fairy kind of like in a good way though airy fairy is a good energy for me because I'm naturally I mean I'm a Leo I am a Uh, Sagittarius moon I'm a Virgo rising so I have a lot of um, high energy and intensity which can very easily go into seriousness fortunately my Leo aspect makes me a little more playful but the Virgo rising definitely makes me a bit more serious and structured and logical and organized and if I'm in a city that's very much like that my uh, mind can easily fall into that like it is my it is my natural state is to be very grounded and serious like I wouldn't say natural but maybe my my learned state is that and maybe my very natural state is more of that light energy I think I was born very goofy and lighthearted, and it's been a journey of me coming back to that place of my childlike wonder and playfulness but the learned behavior I have adopted over life has been one of seriousness always being in control, perfection, all that. 
And so being in the city of New York, I've noticed a lot of those tendencies has come out. My lightness, creativity, uh, go with the flow energy has dwindled and I've gone more into structure and logic and putting everything in its place and go, go, go and walking fast and making the subway and anxiety. So I have definitely upped my CBD oil dose um, and I'm taking note of this. The, the, the greatest gift in all this is it helps me to see how self-aware I've become because I noticed this in the first week. I was like, wow, I am a seriousness. I am heavy-duty meathead type of archetype going on here. And having that awareness is extremely helpful because you know what's going on, why it's going on. I contribute a lot of this just to the city. I don't blame or shame myself. I'm just like, this is this is a lot of a city energy. This is the way the city is. And it's no brainer to me that when you're in an environment, it greatly affects you. And I think it's kind of silly when people say that an environment really shouldn't have an impact on you because it really does. And if you become some sort of digital nomad traveling to a new place every month, you have a full month to adjust to a place, you will certainly notice you are a different person depending on where you are. LA me is very different from New York me. New York me is very different from Portland me. And Portland me is incredibly different from Denver me. I mean, they are all very different versions. And it's really fun to experiment and explore and and meet these other versions of myself. And it's also incredibly emotionally draining because you're constantly trying to come back to that baseline. Uh, of, of 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 the harmony of the masculine and the feminine the masculine energy of having those boundaries and having containers where you know you're gonna work and you know you're gonna play but then also having that feminine of knowing when to chill the f out and stop picking up clothes and folding things and cleaning for a coping mechanism stop cleaning stop organizing just be be in your mess be in your feminine so those are some lessons that I'm currently learning that said, I am really loving New York. It's starting to grow on me. We've been here about two weeks. And in this, like LA was just for me, boom, loved, 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 loved. I could absolutely live there. And we've had those conversations. New York, on the other hand, I think I could live here too. So it's interesting. It's just like, it, you got to let it play out. And this is the beauty of learning how to go with the flow. I feel no desire or need to figure that out. I'm like, let's just keep traveling. Let's just keep seeing and exploring. I have no desire or need right now to pick one place and then create a whole home and really ground myself because this lightness has been really lovely. The overall lightness of unattachment and connectedness, meeting people in every city, trying new kundalini teachers or going to different acro teachers, finding new coffee shops, feeling the energy of a city. It's very exciting. And if this is something that you're interested in doing, I highly encourage you to create this as a possibility. Maybe it does take sacrifice. You betcha. I've had to let go of a lot of things. Uncertainty is one of the things I've had to exchange for certainty. I have had to allow myself to be okay with having anxiety every now and then, do what I can to soothe it, but be okay with it. Um, having to give up stability, groundedness. I know that now I spend more of my time making decisions because when you live in a particular place, a lot of your life is then allowed to be on autopilot. You know where you're going to eat, you know who you're going to hang out with, you know you know where you're going to wake up, you know where you're going to walk your dog, you know where the grocery store is, um, you know what to expect. And so when you're traveling, a lot of your time and attention goes to 
making those day-to-day decisions and choices all the time. So if you're going to be designating more time to this, you also have to know there's going to be a subtract in another area. So now I'm no longer putting quite as much attention into, say, my solo podcast episodes or Instagram stories or networking and hopping on uh, Zoom just to have an entrepreneur chat where we get to know each other. Like there's none of that right now. It's the it's down to the most important and essential aspects of my business, which is the show, my coaching, this interview series that me and Nadia are hosting. And then the rest is to exploring the city, enjoying myself, reading books, sleep, um, eating amazing food, going out to eat all the time, like that stuff. So there's always a give and take and you have to, you have to know that because it's very, very, very important to allow that evolution of change. If you go and you travel and you're like, but I also need to make sure that I am 110% into creativity all the time and I'm making all the friends and I'm keeping up with the Zoom calls and I'm writing five blog posts a a week and I have my full-time job and I'm working on my, like, no. You gotta let go of some things to add in something else, especially something that takes up so much energy. You're human. You are not God. You are human and it's great to be human. So allow yourself to let go of what no longer is serving you in this point. Like being on Instagram all day long may not serve me right now. It may serve me later. Maybe it's super fun to see what's going on in everyone else's life. But it's not serving me now. No worries. Let go of that for a time. Come back to it whenever you're ready. Give and take. Add and subtract. It's a constant flow. Life is cyclical. Go with the seasons, go with the cycles, allow yourself to leave your 20s, go into your 30s, 30s, go into 40s, allow yourself for new, allow yourself for release, allow yourself for change. All life is is one big evolution of our souls. Okay, so today's podcast episode is all about how to not abandon yourself in relationship or when dating. Before we head into that, here is a review of the week. This comes from Pitya. 702 saying amazing tool to create a life you love with five stars madeline and her guests are incredible she shares actionable steps provoking thoughts and ideas that have you tap deep into your soul i love her energy and wisdom she shares abundantly thank you pizia thank you thank you thank you you're a gorgeous soul i know you and i appreciate your comment and i appreciate anyone who leaves a review on this podcast because it's been around for so long we want to make sure that we keep getting new listeners and we keep Um, the momentum going. I don't really know if a show that's been around for a long time automatically gets shared more or if it gets shared less. So any review helps. It's the the, um, currency of iTunes. So thank you everyone who writes a review on this show. It means the world to me. And if you send your favorite episode to a friend also, that's an incredible way not only to encourage a friend personally, let them know you were thinking of them, but also spread the good word of self-love, spirituality, Divine feminine, divine masculine, all those fun things. All right. Today, how to not abandon yourself in relationship or when dating. This is such a big topic. This is something that has come up in my life and in my clients' lives time and time again. So how do we end up abandoning ourselves in relationship to begin with? Let's say you just got out of a relationship and you are exploring your desires and your dreams and you're waking up every morning and of course there's a period after a relationship where you go through grief. But I think all of us are familiar with that second period after the grief where you actually feel really expansive. 
You start doing things you didn't do before. You're going to classes that you find on Meetup or um, on Facebook events. You're going to Daybreakers, which is a morning rave, or you're going to that coffee shop you never went to or never made time for, and you are sitting in the sun, you're drinking a cappuccino, and you're smiling and you're flirty with all the beautiful people walking by, and you just feel free and expansive. No expectations from anyone. You don't even have expectations on yourself. You're just exploring life. You're doing photography. You're doing Instagram stories as you're walking in the street and you're braving that fear of what will people think about me? And you're just being free. Such a good feeling. All right? So we go down this path of of discovering and exploring and finding new um, aspects of ourselves, And it's so good. And then we're ready to date. So then we start dating and that's really exciting. You go on one date, you have no expectations with this person. They don't know who you are. You don't know who they are. So generally, not for everyone, but I know for me, I feel extremely free on a first date. I like, they don't know me. I could be any person. So that makes me feel really free. I can say what I want, order what I want. And it's just like that opportunity for me to say, this is really who I am. So if you want to go on a second date, you got to know who I am first because we don't want to waste our time. And I encourage you, like there, there's a lesson within that if that's new to you because some people will try to put their, quote, best foot forward and like put on a front when it's not really them. But that's not doing anyone's service because what if you go on a second date and a third date and a fourth date and you're dating you're dating someone who who is not who that person really is and they're dating someone who's not really who you are. And so you're both losing out on time you're exchanging time that you could be going to a kundalini class or going to an acro class or hanging out with your girlfriends you're using that time now to date someone who's not being themselves and you're not being yourself so later on you might find out who you really are who they really are and then you might not date anymore and that would be really hard and sad because you kind of created feelings for this false idea of what you could be So instead, you could put exactly who you are forward, order the lobster rather than the salad, make the funny face rather than keep your calm, cool, collected self all sensual and and what you think as beautiful. And instead, be goofy, be you, be loud, be, be quiet, be whatever you are. But that way, if it's good and there's chemistry with who you really are, you can go on a second date and you're not, you know, you're not going to be wasting your time, your precious time here on earth because they are actually interested in who you really are and you are interested in who they really are. Okay, that was just a side note, very important though. So, um, oh, and maybe one more side note, if if it helps, you can also on a first date, like what I would always do on a first date is feel, oh, this is controversial. So I, I would feel into the energy of the date and uh, deciding on the energy of the date, you can offer to split the you can always offer to split the um, bill if I'm putting myself forward and I really don't feel any connection with the human I'm with I always split the bill unless he's like definitely no I will pay for it but if he doesn't do that and I don't feel any chemistry with this person at all typically my conscious enjoys splitting the bill I'll split it with him like it was both an investment on both of our time and it felt good it feels good for me to pay for my meal and that way I order what I want I show up how I am and I pay for my side and so it doesn't feel so much like there's anything that's owed Um, I'm acknowledging that we both took a risk there going on a first date 
And that allowed me to really show up as I was by paying for my half. Something psychological switches there. And I'd be welcome to hear your ideas and thoughts. On the other hand, though, I will be honest with you that if I feel an immense chemistry, I feel taken care of by this man, I'm putting myself forward and I feel sparks are flying. It feels really good. I may still offer to pay and I might end up paying if I do offer. But if he's like, no, like I really want to take care of you in this meal, I won't argue against that I will go with that because that again creates polarity there's two ends of the pole one's paying one's receiving and that creates some sexual fire there so I that's typically the way that I approach the bill aspects of dates and that has helped me to really be who I am on those first dates and then I I I, I just sit in with that feeling of how is this going does this feel good do I feel really taken care of is this sexy and sensual and that's how I keep the polarity alive or I stay true to myself Okay, so assuming the state's good, it's great, you end up dating more and more. And eventually you may end up moving in with this person or getting married or just being in a long-term committed relationship where maybe you don't live together but you are monogamous, you are partners. What I have experienced myself and what I have seen with my clients is that there may come a point where you stop going out to do those fun things you love you may start to abandon those parts of you that make you you. You originally had plans on Friday night to see your girlfriends, but then it's Friday afternoon. Your partner comes home from work. He makes himself a snack and sits on the couch, and you have that choice. Do I stay true to my plans, or do I sit down on the couch with him and snuggle and cuddle? Two things can exist at once. So on one hand, maybe snuggling and cuddling actually feels really good, and that is generally what you want. And on the other hand, you may really want to go out with your friends, but there's this feeling of seeing him being alone that makes you want to take care of him and nurture him and you stay in. While it's nice to stay in and to cuddle in the long run, it's those things like going out with your friends that really contribute to who you are. You add up enough of those nights where you say no to your plans of doing something for you and then there is a bigger impact. On a micro level of staying in rather than going out, it may not seem like it makes a big difference. Plus, you're getting cuddles, you're getting love time, and it's nice. But on a macro scale, you you add that, you add that again, you add that again, all these opportunities to be true to you where you let go of that and you may end up losing touch with the part of you that feels really sensual or girly or expansive or whatever qualities are coming up for you right now because it's those nights where you're with your girlfriends where you get that energy that you then can bring into your relationship or bring into your life. It is those meditation meetups that add a lot to your personality of feeling connected and then that ripples into your relationship. If you are a connected person who's getting all your needs met in your life, you show up in your relationship more complete, more as you. But on the other hand, if you begin to let go of those things that make you, you, for the sake of this person who's probably not even asking you to do that, what happens often is there's this subtle, sneaky feeling of resentment that builds up. You begin to let go of the things that make you you for the sake of another person who's not even asking you for it. And resentment begins to build up because you're imagining that's what they want. In reality, that's oftentimes not what they're asking for. So here are a few reasons why we end up abandoning ourselves in relationships or in dating in general. One, we assume what the other person wants. We assume that they're not okay with us 
mm, getting up early to do our meditation practice. So instead, we stay in bed because we assume that they want to have an extra hour of cuddling with us. And maybe they do. You know, I know my, my boyfriend in particular loves to cuddle in the morning. And I also know that I love my morning meditation and quiet time. So I have had to have a conversation. So at first, it wasn't really that I just assumed what he wanted. He actually told me, stay in bed and cuddle. And I am decisive. I have discernment around what days I do that and what days I do not. Um, more so than not, I I don't let go of that meditation morning practice because I know that when I get that, I am a better human for the rest of the day. But for a lot of people, it's just a straight up assumption. Like the example I was giving earlier, you see your partner on the couch and he's hanging out and watching a show after work and you assume he doesn't want to be alone for the evening, so you cancel your plans. Or you assume he doesn't have dinner plans and so you feel bad that you didn't help him figure that out, so you let go of your dinner plan to make sure he's taken care of. And then over time, what happens is we create some resentment around that. You're resenting them for letting go of this part of you that you miss. You miss going out with your friends. You miss that person that's that has a night nightlife uh, night life. Yeah, nightlife, and you miss that person. But it's not the other person's fault that you have let go of that. In fact, it's your responsibility. But it's easier to say, "Yeah, you did this," than it is to say, "I've done this." So that's one of the things. We assume what the other person wants. The second thing is we make what they want more important than what we want. So going back to the example I gave of my boyfriend really loving morning cuddles, if I choose to to stay in and cuddle instead of my meditation, that's fine. But I can't then say, well, you want this more than what I want this and now I have resentment because you're asking me for this and I'm doing it. If I choose to stay in bed and cuddle rather than do my meditation, that's fine. But the the key is I have to have sovereignty. I have to say to myself, I am making this choice from a place of empowerment. I am choosing this. I am choosing to make what he wants more important to me in this moment than what I want. And that's fine as long as you own that decision and you don't become a victim to it. There's a big difference between he wants cuddles and I want to I want to satisfy that need with him because he's important to me and I love him and I want to give that from give him that there's a big difference between that and well yeah I really want to meditate but he wants to cuddle and so freak I guess I'm going to cuddle with him instead because what he wants is more important huge difference It's the story we say around it. It's the energy we bring to it. Because I love my boyfriend, I sometimes want what he wants. And I put that first. And it's sovereign. It is empowered. It is my boyfriend is my love. And he wants this. Mm, I'm going to do it. And it feels good to do it. Because it feels good to make him feel good. And then there's a difference between that and well, you know, I mean, he wants this and I have no choice because what he wants is more important, so I've got to do it. There are times when I still do that latter one. I'm not saying I'm perfect. There are times I definitely still do that and I go into that victim mode of I'm powerless. He, What he wants is important. What I want isn't. 
why 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 but that is not healthy for the relationship in fact that is withholding my true desires that is withholding from him and that is making more resentment in the relationship so if you choose to make what your partner or dating counterpart his desires more important that is 100% okay I do it The trick is be sovereign in it, be empowered in it, recognize you're making that as a choice. You are not a victim to it because then that taints the experience. That takes you further away from love, definitely further away from unconditional love. And he will smell that a mile away. He will realize you're doing this kind act, but you're doing it with a closed heart. You're doing it and it's confusing for him. Like, why is she doing this? Why is she eating this uh, meal with me and and going along with it even though she looks really upset her arms are crossed and she's not looking me in the eyes he would rather you be sovereign in whatever choice you choose if you choose to eat the meal he wants with him do it from a place of I'm empowered I made this choice to do this with him I am compromising and I know that later we'll do what I want to do But if that's not what you want and there's no way that you will put what he wants in this instance before you, you have to do that in sovereignty as well. You say, hey baby, you know what? I love that you want this and tonight I think we should both have our own separate meals. How about you get what you want, I'll get what I want and then we can eat it together in the living room. Or baby, uh, I realize this is super important to you and I would love to have this with you tomorrow night but tonight what would make me so happy and free is if we had we went to this restaurant instead. How does that sound? And tomorrow we can go here and see what he says. If he says absolutely no, this is a place to compromise. But whatever choices you make, you must do it from a place of empowerment and sovereignty. Don't say yes if you mean no. This goes into that consent conversation, which we are not getting into in this episode. But consent ripples in all these different areas of our life. What we do in a Friday evening where we go to eat. If you mean no, don't say yes unless you're saying yes and you can do it with an open heart and do it from a place of love and sovereignty. Number three, the third reason why we abandon ourselves in relationship is that we also just simply forget the little things that bring us joy. I had a client once who was in a long-term committed relationship and she was telling me how she really missed having coffee in the morning alone. Like, Typically, I don't really remember exactly what it was, but I guess that she would make coffee and they would both drink it together and maybe there was conversation going on, yada, yada, yada. And what she really missed is this single part of her. The single her would have coffee in the morning with the sunrise and read a book and it was really peaceful and lovely. But she let go of that part of herself in pursuit of the relationship and they do everything together. So that could be an example. There could also be like going to yoga classes alone, meeting girlfriends, eating the way you like to eat, putting your meditation practice first, getting on Instagram stories and like being goofy on Instagram stories or um, being creative. We forget these little things that bring us daily joy. We let go of these little things. The beautiful and terrible thing is we are also the one person responsible for bringing these little things back in. So you are empowered. You can make these choices to bring them back in, but there is going to be a give and take. So if you want to bring in your coffee in the morning alone, you also have to know there might be a slightly uncomfortable conversation where you say, hey, honey, I have realized that one of the things that really brings me joy is having peaceful time in the morning where I'm really with myself. I can journal. I can get clear on my thoughts. And it makes me a better person, a better woman throughout the day. So what I want to 
to let you in on is that something I'm bringing back into my day and we can connect for a second cup of coffee or for tea later but in the morning I might be sitting outside now and I think that's going to be my quiet time where I'm alone how does that feel for you typically if they love you and they want what's best for you they're going to be like no problem I want you to be true to yourself and get what you need so we forget the little things that bring us joy but we can also remember and there might be something uncomfortable that needs to happen in order to bring those things back in so what I often tell my clients is when they bring these conversations to me about abandoning themselves for the pursuit of relationship is how can you combine single you with relationship you or dating you what are the things about single you that you loved were you more expansive were you more loud were you more um expressive with your clothing did you sleep in pretty pretty nightgowns that you no longer sleep in did you listen to more music when you made breakfast what are those things you love to do that you've kind of let go of out of fear that your partner doesn't like it and maybe it means that you just do the thing and see how he responds do the thing do the thing do the thing maybe it means that if he responds negatively or he doesn't understand it who is this woman what is she doing Uh, you have a conversation you say hey these are some things I love these are some things I miss doing and I want to bring them back in my life chances are he'll be like cool do your thing and then it's up to you it's up to you to be disciplined to do it you might easily just want to go back into well he's alone on a Friday night and I don't want to go out if he's alone you have to be disciplined disciplined and setting boundaries for you and say nope I'm going to stick to these plans I'm going to do this thing that I know is going to bring me so much joy in the long run acro is one of those things for me I talked about this recently on Instagram and that in the past three months of traveling with my boyfriend he doesn't do acro so I've certainly let go of my acro classes like I used to do acro five times a week and now I'm lucky if I do it once a week I wouldn't say lucky. I'm disciplined if I do it once a week. And so that's one of those things where I'm like, man, acro makes me so happy. But oftentimes, whenever it's like between acro class, going out into the cold and going to an acro class or being with my partner, I choose being cozied up because it's just like, it's right there. It's I love him and it's great, but I have to be disciplined to remember this brings me joy in the long run. This makes me happy in the long run. This is something that really contributes to who I am as a woman because this connection is important to me and this form of connection and this athletic ability really brings me a lot of joy. So I have to be disciplined. One of the things that I I do in order to be disciplined is instead of putting four acro sessions on the calendar, I just put two or one and say this is the one I'm going to commit to rather than trying to go overboard above and beyond because I find if I put four down, this is what typically happens. If I have like four acro classes, in, in, in your mind you can substitute with whatever you love, yoga classes. If I have four on there, it's easier for me to be like Tuesday night, the class is approaching, be like, well, I have three more, so I'll just cancel this one and I'll go to one of the next three. And then Wednesday comes where I'm supposed to go to a class and I might be like, well, I got two more. I can just cancel this one and go to the next two. And then... Friday comes and then it's evening and I might be like, well, I got one more. I'll just cancel this one. And then before I know, like I didn't do any of them because I had an abundance of classes scheduled and I thought I had all these opportunities and I end up canceling all of them. So what's easier to do is when you want to bring something back into your life, pick one thing. Just pick one thing, put it on your calendar and make that one thing very sacred. Better to do one thing and actually do it than have four things that you plan to do and not do any four of those things. Um, All right, and so the fourth thing that I had on here of why we end up abandoning ourselves in relationship is that we use the relationship as an excuse to not 
go for what we want. We say, well, I'm in relationship, so I can't do this thing. We just assume. It's kind of like the first thing I was mentioning, that we assume what the other person wants, but we use the relationship as an excuse. Like, well, now I'm in a relationship, so I can't do this and this and this. When in reality, how in the world is that true? How is it true that you can no longer be going out to um, daybreaker morning raves now that you're in a relationship? A lot of times this is false, and relationships are what we make them to be. You are allowed to create a completely different way to have a relationship with your partner than what you are used to thinking a relationship is. We make the rules. We make the rules in relationships. So maybe it's time to set some agreements with your partner that you agree to be true to yourself in all circumstances. You agree to speak your truth. You agree to have individual lives. You agree that you're creating something together with your own unique perspectives and desires and dreams and what makes you you. Okay, so I'm going to go through these next things a little bit quicker because I realize we're coming up on time here. But here's here's one of the things I just wanted to point out. <laughs> um, so in, I think in singlehood, that is where we learn to speak our truth. In singlehood, that is really where we're learning what makes us who we are. What do we like? What do we not like? What What fills our days up? What do we really find that brings us joy? When you don't have another person that you're thinking about, it makes it easier to find out those things. Really, it just does. You have 24 hours in a day and all of it is dedicated to you. It's like an amazing time to find what you like because there's no other person you need to take into consideration. It's all your time. Um, Unless you have a baby, of course. If you have a child, if you have an ex-partner or an ex-husband, like there are still things that you will have to do to contribute time to them and take them into consideration. But still, even yet, there's a a huge majority of your time, at least your brain space, you can dedicate to you. What makes you, you? So that's really where you learn to speak your truth and learn to speak what you like. Now, the thing about relationships is that now you're having to speak your truth day after day after day after day. It is an entirely other thing. So you're solidifying your truth and your desires in singlehood and then a relationship gives you the terrible and beautiful opportunity to have to stand true to those day after day after day. And it can be exhausting because every day you have the opportunity to abandon yourself or to not abandon yourself. Every day in relationship, you have the opportunity to stand up for what you want, ask for what you want, and be triggered because you also have to be okay with hearing no or you have to be okay with compromise or you have to be okay with that awkward or discomfort of asking for what you want. Relationships are very challenging in that way is that every day, every day you got to stand up and you got to be true to yourself where in singlehood, you're not always presented with opportunities to either fall into patterns of putting another person first or choosing yourself. You generally always have this opportunity of choosing yourself first. Where in relationship, you're always having to take into consideration someone else. Typically, maybe not always, but you generally have more opportunity for that. And you have to check in with yourself. Is this a yes or is this a no? Much more often. So relationships strengthen your truth, whereas singlehood really solidifies the truth and then relationships is where you strengthen your ability to stand in your truth. They are constantly putting you in the position where you have to ask yourself what you want. All right, so quick fire of where to start. 
we went through the reasons why we abandoned ourselves, but where do we start? So this is the, the first thing I, I already mentioned this, but one, put an outing on your calendar and stick to the outing. Don't plan a date with your partner then. Don't plan anything that's within an hour of that event. Um, and don't let yourself have, well, I'm going to have just a night in that night. You stick to your plan and be disciplined about going out and doing the thing you love. And maybe it's in the morning. Maybe it's not the night. Maybe it's, okay, Saturday morning I'm going to go to, um, as my friend Nadia does, a kundalini class. And then I'm going to go to a spa. And I'm going to take my journal and I'm going to have me time. That sounds amazing. I actually think I want to do that this weekend. That sounds so good. Um, maybe it's a Tuesday morning where you're like, all right, I'm going to go to a, my favorite coffee shop. Tuesday morning, I'm going to get that quinoa salmon bowl that I love, and I'm going to brainstorm business ideas. I'm going to have a nice two and a half hours for this. Maybe it is an evening. I'm going to go to this yoga class, and then afterwards, I'm going to get my favorite cacao reishi drink. Whatever it is for you, pick one outing and stick to that outing, and don't let yourself say never mind to it. Unless you're like sick, okay? Like this is... This is like a given that unless you're sick or unless you're having PMS or unless it's like you really just, you really can't. But at least move that to another date in that week. All right. Number two, find one thing you miss about being single and bring her into your relationship. So an example of this could be maybe, um, I'm, I'm just like a big awkward face person if you follow me on Instagram you know this and like I can easily not do that in relationship because I don't think that my boyfriend likes those faces it's like kind of annoying to him but it's me it makes me me so bringing my awkward faces in or making my cheesy corny jokes I don't always land or eating a random bowl of goo that you just really love like I eat my boyfriend's like super foodie type of man like he plates food he, he will really be particular about how food is plated he wants the green thing over here he wants the sauce to look like this he does his own knees so to say like chopping up the vegetables in this particular order me on the other hand I will microwave a sweet potato and then I will microwave egg whites and then I will throw it all together and just a big mush bowl of egg white and sweet potato and top it with peanut butter and like it's my favorite thing and I could easily be like well he finds this food really weird and gross which he does and then I can stop eating it. Or it could be like, you know what, this makes me me. If a random bowl of mush really makes my soul feel like me, and then it's gonna ripple out into my business, into my love life, and my sex, and all this stuff, then you know what, I'm gonna eat my bowl of mush, okay? Don't mess with my mush. Um, maybe for you, it's watching Gilmore Girls at 8 a.m. Or maybe going out for brunch by yourself. Um, maybe you want to do your laundry in a particular way. Maybe you like doing your laundry naked. Like think about the thing you miss about single you and bring her into your dating life or relationship life. Speak your fears out loud with your partner, a coach, a therapist, your journal. This is the next one. Don't hold them in. Be honest with your fears. I think it's very important. There's a big difference between dumping your fears on your partner and saying fix this and here is my fear I'm working through it and I want to be open and vulnerable with you. And then leaving it at that, big difference. Coach, therapist, those are the people you can dump on. In fact, we welcome it. But your partner, that's a polarity killer. Anytime sex was about to happen and then all of a sudden they are responsible for them fixing the shit happening in your life, it's a polarity killer. Not that we're always concerned with polarity, but I am saying that and in some instances there are places where your partner can help. I certainly do this. I don't 
aim to dump but I aim to to glide in something important to me and then ask his thoughts on it or ask him to support me in some way there is a difference between asking for support and sharing your fears and you also doing your part to be true to yourself like for this like if you really love eating goo in a bowl you can't say to your partner I love eating goo in a bowl love it love that I love it love that I love it and remind me to do it instead in this instance I would say hey I'm really kind of insecure about eating all this food and I just want to tell you that I love eating this food and I'm probably going to eat it a couple times a week and uh, if you don't love it then that's totally fine I won't make it for you Um, but you're sharing and you're being honest and open with your partner about it rather than saying fix it change who you are for me so I don't have to feel uncomfortable and then get a coach and then get a therapist and that's your place for releasing and sharing and dumping so to say it's a good dump dump place all right next one notice where you withhold withholding your truth is not love withholding your honest thoughts feelings desires dreams the real you the you that loves to make awkward faces or loves to have coffee in the morning by yourself withholding that version of you for the sake of someone else and assuming what they want that isn't love that isn't unconditional love Withholding what you want and instead just doing what they want on autopilot and secretly being resentful about it, it's not unconditional love, it's not helpful for the relationship, and it's not beneficial to who you are as a woman. Showing your truth and doing it with sovereignty is. You can, with sovereignty, choose to do what they want, but you're empowered, remember? You are making the choice. Stand in that and do what they want with love. Come at it from love. Find the part of him that you can love if you're frustrated with him. And then stand in sovereignty with that. Find the part of him that is God. Find the part of him that is the divine and say, you know what, right now I really want to do what I want to do, but I also want to do what he wants to do. And I'm really triggered and frustrated with him, so I'm going to find the part of him that is God and is the masculine and is love, and I'm going to worship that part of him, and I'm going to do what he wants to do because of this because how beautiful he truly is and stand in that own your decision all right last one know that sometimes it's okay to do what you need to do take a day to only take care of yourself plan a solo date to get a massage and if you have partners request that your partner or if you have a partner or partners request your partner watches the kids in advance don't spring it on him last minute and then get upset that he can't do it. That's another key I've learned in relationship. If you want to have you time, the best thing I can say, especially for the masculine, they love planning, they love knowing, they love they love knowing what they're doing and when. We are better adapted to like, all right, now we're going to do this and now we're going to do this and now this because we're the feminine, we're energy, we're chaos. But the masculine's like, what am I doing when? Tell me. They like that. So if you want to have a day to yourself, to the best of your ability, try to pre-plan and say, hey, honey, on Tuesday, this is going to be my decision-free day. I'm just going to let love lead me. I am not going to make decisions. I'm going to let go. What I would really appreciate, though, from you is if you could watch the children from four to six, I'm going to get a massage, and then probably we're going to order in. I'm not going to be cooking that day. So just so you know in advance, that's going to be my day to let go, take care of myself. How does this sound? Um, this is like sweet honey nectar to the masculine for him, him having clarity. Even if the clarity is around you not wanting to make any decisions that day, he knows what to expect. It's a gift to him. It's a gift to him to be told up front 
honey, this is the day that I'm going to be doing XYZ. Be prepared. I love you, but this is how it's going to go for me. And here's how you can support me. Now, we can't always be this articulate, but know that when you can, please use it. It's gold. All right. So um, this is how to not abandon yourself in a relationship or when dating. Um, I didn't really go into this, but my final little tidbit here, not tidbit, this is actually quite large, but this is a, a, a disclaimer. When there is abuse present, none of these things apply. When there is emotional abuse present, verbal abuse present, physical abuse present, none of these things apply. That is when you leave. Abuse is when you leave. So a lot, like, I know a lot of people may may be hearing this, well, hopefully, and not a lot of people are experiencing abuse right now, but if you are and you're like, oh, these are all the things that I will do to heal the abuse, nothing is black and white. So at one point, maybe this could work to do things like this and see a counselor and see a therapist and working through things deeply if you are both deeply committed to the relationship. But there is a point, and I would say the minute abuse arrives, that is when these things do not apply anymore. These aren't the healing modalities that we use to further the relationship and make it better. There is much deeper work to be done. That is a disclaimer I just want to share, that if you are someone who is experiencing abuse, these things are not just what you do and then leave it at that. There is much deeper work to do. There are... Um, more extreme instances where all of this needs to be put away and the relationship needs to be done with because no soul needs to go through abuse and I don't want uh, this kind of podcast to be an excuse for someone to not leave when they need to leave if there is abuse present and I don't want to leave in the most negative note but I needed to say that Um, I have just really strong feelings about this conversation. I have very strong feelings about this conversation on not abandoning yourself in relationship, bringing the single you into the relationship you. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you learned something. I would love to hear your thoughts, whether you leave a review on iTunes or you go to my Instagram and you share with me on the photo for this episode or you comment on the show notes for this. Please let me know what you thought. If you have any deeper questions, do share those as well because maybe those will ripple off into another podcast episode. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope you love next week's episode. Thank you so much, as always, for sending in your questions and your thoughts and your comments. I'm so grateful for every single one of you who come to this show and you learn and you take notes and you apply it to your life. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week and weekend, and I'll see you soon. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.